0: On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I speak about the importance of realizing that so much of what you have in your life right now was given to you by chance, and about the idea of using contrast to live a more meaningful life. Hey what is going on? Welcome to this episode number one hundred and sixty eight of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I share the lessons I wish I knew sooner. Think of this as me learning out loud, sometimes on my own and sometimes joined by the most interesting people. I know the only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, You're going to learn something new. Now, hello, it's been a couple of weeks. Usual disclaimer sorry, being busy, life happens. However, you know what? For now, at least, I'm just kind of resigned to the fact that these podcasts will happen when I can make them happen. That's not to say that my ambition of publishing them frequently and often and on a Thursday and on time has gone. However, just for the meantime, just for the next couple of months, whilst I continue to work through what I'm working through, i.e., the business growing, Pressures, challenges, traveling, meetings, everything else. The content is taking a backseat. It has taken a backseat. I don't need to tell you that. I'm sure you've seen. Um, but yeah, it is. It is what it is, right? As in, I'm. I'm just content with it being a thing that I do when I can for the next few weeks, for the next couple of months, until such a time where things are a bit more manageable and it becomes more frequent again. Um, speaking of frequency and actually releasing podcasts, probably. The week after next, I'm going to release my chat with Nick Butter, which I recorded uh, maybe this time last week. Absolutely incredible conversation. Perhaps, and this is a big statement, perhaps my favorite guest episode of the podcast ever. So you may know who Nick is through news coverage, through his books, through his socials. You may know who Nick is because I mentioned him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. But if you have no idea who Nick is, he is the first person who has ever ran a marathon in every country on the planet, including places like Syria, like North Korea, literally everywhere. He holds a world record for that. He is also the first person to have ran the entire perimeter of Britain, which is like two marathons a day for 128 days or something ridiculous. He has ran 1015 marathons and counting covering over 75,000 miles And he's like 34, he's not even that old, it's crazy. His story is so, so interesting and so remarkable. And I'll be honest, I thought that that conversation when I sat down to have it, was gonna be more about running than it was about everything else. And that was kind of my nervousness towards the conversation, right? I didn't want it to just be about running because he's done a lot of running and I talk a lot about running on the podcast recently, but I wanted it to be more of a catch-all for everything. And it was exactly that. The stories and the perspective that Nick has from traveling to literally every single corner of the planet, from being able to meet people from literally everywhere, right? To have this perspective and this this broad view of the world and people and trends and what it means to be here. It's such an interesting conversation. Like I genuinely struggle to put it into words, just how interesting it was. So not to overhype it. I hope it's up to the hype when I release it because I haven't listened back yet, but I will be pushing that episode a lot when it's out because I think that you will really, really enjoy it. Even if you hate running, even if you couldn't care less about somebody speaking about running in every country, just forget about that for a moment. The the, the stories, the lessons, the perspective that Nick has is just incredible. So that's why that podcast excites me. That'll be on a couple of weeks time on a Wednesday at some point, I think. Um, and then speaking of running, give you a little running update of what I've been up to. Funnily enough, my running update comes as a result of that conversation with Nick, because he said something in absolute passing on that podcast that I took really seriously and have actioned. And I've done this a couple of times in the past with podcast guests, right? I get the chance, fortunately. To sit down with people who I find really interesting, who I find inspiring, who are literally at the top of their game, right? I use the example a while ago of Thomas Frank, the YouTuber with 4 million subscribers. And as a, as a passing comment, he was like, you should improve the backdrop of your YouTube videos. Like you should make it a bit more interesting. It's not that hard, just do it. And when somebody who has grown their own YouTube channel to 4 million subscribers, gives you a piece of advice like that, you take it. So that's what I did. And then in passing in this conversation with Nick a few weeks ago, he said something like the easiest way to take running seriously is to just run every day for 30 days. Like if you want to lean into running and become that bit better and take it more seriously, the act of like putting your shoes on and just going out there and running, whether it's a mile or 10 miles, whether it's for 15 minutes or an hour and a half, but just doing it consistently every single day, finding the time, pushing past the excuses, getting over the mental barrier, just doing it, just running is the way to improve at running, right? And when he puts it like that, it makes complete sense. But hearing that advice from somebody who, like I say, has ran over 1,000 marathons and he's in his mid 30s, I'm like, I can't ignore that advice, right? I am evidently trying to improve my running. And I have been since February and it's a journey. It's a journey that I'm very early on, very early in on. Is that the right English? I don't know. It's early. However, when you get advice from somebody who is so, um, able in an arena, you just have to listen to it, right? You have to action it. And so that's what I've been doing for the last six, for the last five days, I've been on a run every day and they varied from like 11 kilometers all the way down to two kilometers yesterday when everything hurt and it was early in the morning and I had a meeting in London later that day. Um, so I'm doing my usual like 10Ks, 5Ks around recovery runs, which are shorter just to make sure that every single day, like I say, whether it's a long run or a short run, I'm getting out the door and I'm doing it because actually funnily enough, let me connect this to another entirely unrelated fort. I've been re-listening to The Slight Edge, the book that you have almost definitely heard of because it's the book that I speak about most in my life. But I realized a few weeks ago that so many of the areas of my life that I'm trying to optimize this year are areas which I have already optimized in the past. They are things which I've already managed to sort at some point. So I know I can sort them, but I've just taken my eye off the ball because things got busy or whatever, right? And a big piece of the slight edge is about this idea that when you're working towards something, when your back is against the wall and you need to improve, it's really easy to improve because, you know, you have these systems and these targets and these habits and you follow them because it's moving to you towards your goals. It's moving you away from where you don't want to be. But when you get close to your goals, when you get comfortable, you suddenly stop doing all of the good habits, right? And that's kind of where I'd got to in a lot of areas of life over the past year or so. Like it's, it's easier to be easier on yourself when life is easier, I guess, right? So I'm rereading this book, I'm listening to it, and there's all these ideas bouncing around my head. And then there's this quote that the author Jeff Olson keeps coming back to, and it's something like, he who does the thing has the power. And essentially the idea behind this is, if you want to do something in life, the only way to move towards it, to give yourself I guess the power, so to speak, i.e. to win, to, to take charge of a situation is to take action. It is to do the thing. You don't get anywhere without taking action. We can all sit around and plan and ponder as much as we like. We can watch YouTube videos and read books and get all of the theory, but if we're not doing the thing, it is for nothing. And so that's kind of where uh, the, the light bulb struck when Nick said, just you know, if you want to get better at running, put your shoes on, go and run, right? You do the thing, you have the power. If you want to get better at running, go and run. If you want to get better at sales calls, go and do some sales calls. If you want to get better at speaking to girls, go speak to some girls. Do you know what I mean? Like you can use any example, but the only way to do the thing is to do the thing. And so that's what I'm doing. And actually just after I finish recording this episode, I'm going to go to Cardiff Bay and do, I don't know, maybe like 8K up and down the big, long straight road, past the Millennium Center, over the barrage, and then back to the Millennium Center is my plan. I think that's about 8K. Um, Because (laughs) I've realized only six days in, this would be day six, that if I'm gonna run every day for at least 30 days, because by the way, I may not stop then. If my body allows me to carry on going daily, I will. Why not? It's gonna need variety. I can't run in the same park every day seven days a week without just getting bored and it feeling monotonous and actually making it harder for myself. So every day so far, I've done a different run in a different place for a different length, you know, different route. And I plan at least for as long as I can continue doing that before I run out of places to run to do that, or at least to have like five or 10 places and mix it up. And so that's what I'm doing tonight. It's going to be a late one tonight. The time is already 8pm. So by the time I get to Cardiff Bay, it'll probably be like half nine, but I think it's fairly well lit. And if it's not, I'll just change the route and it'll be okay. Uh, So there we go. They are the content and running updates that I seem to start these episodes with every week, or at least every week when I do it. And then I just want to share with you two very random thoughts, which they're kind of related, but not by design. They, They popped into my mind literally at opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to how long I've done an episode for. Like one of these happened just after the last episode. I made a note of it. The other popped into my head literally last night and I made a note of it. So the first one's a weird one, right? Let me paint the picture because you need context for this to not sound completely mental. I was waiting for my car to have some work done on it in the garage, Northampton, and it was in the middle of nowhere. So I sat in a Tim Hortons all day with my laptop and I worked. And at some point I needed to get a big bottle of water because water in there was like three pounds per bottle and I'm not paying that like times six. So I went to Poundland across the road, got a big bottle of water, went to the self checkout. And as I got there, there was a person lying on the floor as if they had had some sort of medical episode or fainted. And I mean, I won't describe them because that would just sound needlessly judgmental, but you could kind of reasonably assume looking at them that they hadn't had the easiest of lives from like a medical perspective, I guess is the easiest way of putting it, right? And stood next to them as they were on the floor were two people who I assume were either carers or family members who seemed entirely unfazed about the fact that their friend or relative or service user or whatever it might be was sprawled out, not moving on the floor in the middle of a shop, right? Which made me assume that this is a regular thing. Like this person's life happens to be in such a place where they routinely... Arrive in situations like this through no fault of their own, due to, I again, as I assume, medical reasons. And I don't know why this thought popped into my head, but it did, and it did in a really strong way. As I walked past this person, you know, waltzing off back to the coffee shop to sit on my MacBook and wait for my car and la la la, I realized that I was only not that person in that situation, in that moment, by chance, right? I have literally done nothing in my life by design, which makes me not that person. And they have done nothing wrong to make them in that situation rather than in the situation of somebody else. Does this make sense? Like there are so many people out there in worse situations than us. There are so many people going through challenges and difficulties and scenarios, which must feel like hell that they didn't ask for, that they didn't choose. And also importantly, that they did nothing to cause right. They did nothing wrong, but they are there by chance. And then when you look at that inverse, you realise that almost everything good in your life—that being things like your health—if you have a good baseline of health, your family still being around if they're still around, your you know your job, the the country you were born in, maybe some of the things that make you less susceptible to prejudice you did nothing to have those things right you were almost assigned all of those things by chance and the reason this thought struck me when i had the 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 contrast of me walking past this person who was evidently not having a good time and it seeming so usual to the people with them which again made me assume that this was just their life it makes you hard not to be immediately grateful for your life right it makes you grateful and appreciative of the fact that i mean if, we, if we're putting it literally that you're not sprawled out on the floor passed out in poundland in the middle of a working day with people walking past you trying not to stand on you but in a in a less kind of macro sense it makes it hard not to be fortunate that your life is probably all right you know you've probably got your health and you've probably got people around you and you've probably got enough money in the bank to cover the bills this month. And I think certainly in the, you know, the arena that I find myself in, where I watch certain videos and read certain books and follow certain accounts on the internet, and it's all about do more, be more, become more, get, get more money, buy the better car, this and that. It's, it's really easy to lose fact of the sight that Sorry, to lose sight of the fact that you have almost everything that you could ever need already, and that there are probably billions of people who would do anything to swap places with you. And yet, for the most part, and this isn't discounting things like hard work, but most of the things that pre expose us to being successful are nothing to do with us. You have most of the things that you have by chance. Or at least you're not ill. You're not, you know, born into a country where there's a dictator and life is incredibly hard. You're not, I hope, in the middle of a horrible situation that's difficult to escape by chance. In as much as the people who are all of those things don't choose to be there. They did nothing to be there. They are people like you and I, and this is obvious, right? I'm not, I'm not suggesting that this is a big, profound revelation. I'm not suggesting that you don't already know this or that I need to be the person to tell you this. I'm sure you know this. I'm sure this is immediate and obvious to you. However, in that situation, it just, it felt worth reminding myself, you know, I'm only me and not that person by chance. That person's only in that situation by chance, right? There is a certain odds associated with everything. And if you come out on the right side of those odds, then I just think it's worth being grateful. I think it's worth realizing once in a while, perhaps right now, as you listen to this and ponder your own life, that maybe the problems that we all have aren't so bad. Maybe the opportunities that we have are more special than we realize. And maybe we would all do well to remember that more often. And then in what I tell you, I promise is an entirely unrelated thought that sounds very similar in the beginning, but hopefully we'll expand out to something else, is what I made a note of last night. So I said it's the contrast that makes life meaningful. If you've never been heartbroken, you don't realize how special it is to be with somebody, if you've never been broke, then having money doesn't hold any real significance. If you've never been down, then what does it even mean to be up? Embrace the difficult periods as they color the better days. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't even know what triggered this for. There must have been something that was going around in my head at the time, but when I look back on the past, I don't know, seven years, which is kind of when this story in my mind begins, because before then, fortunately, I just had like an entirely normal childhood and upbringing. Everything was fine. But then if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that there were times when things were more difficult, right? Whether it was the family having no money or no food in the fridge and freezer, or my dad being ill, but not yet being diagnosed or just any of the difficulties that came along with that, not being confident in myself, not feeling that I could speak to people, like all of this is bad in the moment. However, all of those kinds of situations also add meaning to any progress I've made since then. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should want to be bad at everything in the beginning, that you should want to have had the disadvantages that you've had again by chance. However, what I am saying is if you're dealt a bad hand in a certain part of your life, every single step you take away from that bad hand, every single step you take towards something better, something which you want more, something which you deserve is that contrast, right? And you can only have the upside if you've seen the downside. This is why I always say this, right? I would hate to win the lottery because I feel like you then miss out the period where you build the contrast and nothing means anything and this is I'm sure one of the reasons why there are endless documented examples of people who win tens of millions of pounds on the lottery and then lose it all because without that contrast there is no meaning and without meaning your behaviour becomes very questionable very quickly but also I feel quite fortunate that there were those challenges in my childhood where you know we just we didn't have all that much money but actually More so in the kind of late teens, early 20s period of my life, where everything seemed to go wrong all at once, or where, you know, I had a chronic lack of confidence, which means that I now understand what it's like to not be able to start that conversation, text that person, you know, say that thing. It makes it more special. And so, I guess in a way, this is similar to the first point, but it came from a completely different place, in as much as I just think it's important when you're in a situation which you would rather not be in, whether it's now or in the future, to realize that you can use that situation, generally speaking at least, as a catalyst to move forward. And that one day, the exact situation you're in right now will be that contrast which makes your future so special, right? The, the thing which cripples you now, which you hate now, which you. Can't wait to move past or be better than or overcome. It is this now, it's these days you're living through right now in this moment, which you will look back on and use as a reference point, as an anchor to realize why in the future your life is so special, right? If you would love to be in a relationship and right now you have no way of realizing how you would even begin that, right? How would you even instigate speaking to somebody and then meet the right person and then get to know them and then make sure you can? stay interested in each other and then get married or whatever it might be. It is this feeling that you have now that makes it feel so impossible, which I'm sure in the future for you will make it feel so magical when you find it. If you have no clear path to getting to where you want to be in your career or your business or your personal finances, understanding that the path between where you are now and where you want to be is going to be uphill and difficult and long and have unknown unknowns when you get to that point it will make you appreciate it more i'm sure right like if you're not a, a trust fund kid who has been handed money and given everything you want in life you will find more meaning and more significance in the things which you're able to achieve in the fruits of your labor when those fruits come because you realize what you've had to do to get there if you're in a situation now where you're just generally a bit bored, a bit unhappy, a bit miserable, right? Maybe this year hasn't been the year you wanted it to be. Maybe the last few years since the lockdown have just been weird, and you feel like you're struggling to find your feet. When you find your feet, when you find that that passion that that likes a fire inside you, or that job that you love that you thought would never come, or that group of friends who they just they just get you. When you're in that moment, right? When in a few years' time you're with those friends. And it just feels good. You're just comfortable. It's just natural. Everything's kind of okay. You're at peace because, you know, you found these people and they get you and you get them. And you can finally be yourself. You will realize because you haven't always had it that it's special. Whereas if you had that from the day dot, it's very easy to get complacent. So I guess in that sense, on the point of complacency or at least being aware of your potential to feel complacent and then fighting against it to make sure that you get more meaning from life, both of the points are related because that's almost the enemy of everything good, right? If you feel complacent and entitled and kind of like you deserve to be here and be doing this and actually you deserve more and blah, blah, blah. Like that mindset is horrible because that mindset makes you disregard everything you've done to get here. It makes you belittle everything you have and think, oh, but I could have more. It makes you use people ahead of you as contrast in such a way where you're comparing downwards and feeling like you're lesser. Whereas doing the opposite to all of that, having that gratitude, having that contrast, having that grounding, I just think is a a recipe for forward momentum and a recipe for forward momentum is a recipe, I believe, for living a more meaningful life. I think those two points made sense together. If they didn't, let me know. However, nonetheless, that is everything I have. I am off to do that run in Cardiff Bay, hopefully not injure my legs too much because After all of the random little injuries I've had over the past few weeks, the 11K I did the other night on some less than flat terrain was like a greatest hit of all of my injuries the next day. My ankle was sore, my knee was sore, the inside of my thigh was sore. Like it was just, it wasn't good. So I did some foam rollering. I'm going to try and take it easy today, which is actually why I'm going to Cardiff Bay, because it's flat and it's straight and that's what we like. So I'm going to go and do that and I will hopefully. I promise it is my intention to do a podcast next week. I'll hopefully see you back here this time next week for episode number 169 of Life and Lessons. See you then.